This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Well, open up your Bibles today and uh, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, to the book of Proverbs, and I want you to find chapter 24 and just kind of keep it there while I get started. This morning, uh, it's with mixed feelings uh, that I come to the pulpit because I'm coming to a conclusion of a series that I've had so much fun teaching. Just under 100,000 people were surveyed asking them, if you could hear any topic discussed in a sermon, what would you want to hear about? Well, I've taken those results, and I've been preaching from the results of that survey. And uh, some people said in the survey, some of the leading uh, issues or topics said, Pastor Tommy, is there anything, uh, how, how do you deal with stress? How can we handle stress? Well, week number one, we dealt with a biblical approach to dealing with stress. Week number two, uh, there were so many people asking the question, how do you know the will of God? Everybody tells me to live in the will of God. Well, how do I know what that is? So week number two, we talked about how to discover the will of God for your life. And then last week, it was a, a, a complete different uh, route, a complete different direction of topic. But so many people have been asking the question globally, are these the last days? Are we living in the end times? So I gave my opinion on that last Sunday. If you've missed one of those sermons and your interest has peaked, you can hear those sermons on our Calvary Church app. You can go to the App Store, download it to Android or iPhone devices. It's Calvary FTW, Calvary FTW. And you might even wanna pick up your smart device now and do it because my speaking notes today are right there in that app. You can kind of follow along with this morning's sermon. Calvary FTW is the app. Well, to get things started today, today's topic is gonna be fun. And uh, today's topic is this, how or what rather, what are the secrets, what are the secrets to having a strong family? Now, I know this audience, this second service audience, not everyone in here is a married or a parent. So what I will be doing today in this sermon is doing my best to answer the question, how to have a strong family, but doing it from this angle, how do I strengthen my relationships? Because some of you are dating relationships, other of you are engaged, some of you are in relationship with employers, some of you have 10, 15 employees that answer to you. I'm just gonna deal with that big topic of how to strengthen our relationships. But to kick things off, I want to do something so fun today. I, I came across something hilarious concerning how life changes when you have kids. Now, some of you have children. Others of you, we have our AO represented today and their children to some of you. I think all of us would get a kick out of this. But I have to let you know the small print. This is the disclosed small print this is the truth. I didn't write it, so don't get mad at me. Don't throw anything at me. Don't hunt me down in the parking lot. And a man didn't write this. A woman wrote it, so all the men said, thank you, Jesus. So if it's offensive to any of our ladies, a lady wrote it, and it wasn't my wife, my mom, or my kids. So just laugh, okay? It's funny. Here's how things change after you have children. 
for all of us in the room that do have children, this is how things change over time once you have children. Uh, The first baby, for all the ladies, the first baby, you begin wearing your maternity clothes as soon as the doctor confirms that you're pregnant. You could be a size three and you're shopping for maternity clothes because you are so excited about your first baby. Second baby, you wear your regular clothes as long as possible. So you're in like your third trimester squeezing into a three. But after that third baby, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. I still love you. How about this one? After you have children, this is what happens when you go on date nights. For all of us that have kids, we schedule babysitters, right? For date nights, somebody say, woo, woo. It's either coming up or it hadn't had one in a long time. So date nights, this is what we do. On your first baby, you schedule the babysitter and you call before you even get to the stop sign at the end of your street. You call and you check in. Is everything okay? How's he eating? How's she sleeping? You're so nervous. Well, on your second baby, you have to come out of the car and go back in to give her the phone number that you can be reached on because you didn't even think about giving her a number and then your guilt came on you and thought, well, she might need a call. Let's let me give her my number. But the third baby, you have a typed out, printed off, laminated sheet of paper on the refrigerator that says you only call me if you see blood or a limb hanging off. (laughs) You don't want to hear from that babysitter. Call me when you get to the ER. Tell me everything went good, right? And then here's one of my favorites. I got so tickled when I came across this one. This one happens to do how you change and responding to your kids in matters of, uh, of, uh, of uh, emergencies, such as, you know, how little ones always pick up things and put it in their mouth and we're always scared they swallow, right? Well, in the, in the moment of swallowing a coin accidentally, the first baby, you rush that baby to the hospital and you demand x-rays and you're so nervous, you can't wait to see the images. You get a second opinion, a third opinion. Well, on the second baby, when he or she swallows the coin, you just kind of try to be patient. You don't want to blow the money on the ER and the x-rays, so you're just patiently waiting for it to pass. Well, the third baby, you just deduct that money from his allowance. (laughs) You're 25 cents short this week, boy. Teach you. Give it back to me. Oh, maybe not. (laughs) You'll get that one later. Proverbs chapter 24, verse three. Proverbs 24, verse three. How do I strengthen my family? How can my relationships be better? Proverbs 24, verse three in the NIV says, through wisdom, everyone say wisdom. It takes wisdom to have a good family. The NIV says it takes wisdom to have a good family. It takes understanding to make it strong. Wisdom and understanding. I'm all about me some parenting 
curriculum. I'm all about marital conferences and seminars. But at the end of the day, the true wisdom that it takes to have a strong family, it's going to come straight downloaded, deposited from God. That's why every single day we should be asking God for wisdom, how to navigate this marriage, how to navigate parenting, how to navigate this job, how to survive in this culture. Everyone say wisdom. We need more of it, amen? Okay, today's sermon's gonna flow differently. If you have the notes open, we're just gonna hit bullet points. Today's just gonna be simple bullet points. And then I'm gonna close really believing that something supernatural is gonna happen in some relationships in this room. And I just want you to prepare your hearts to receive today. Here's point number one, quick bullet points for, for reference. If you're gonna have a strong family, if you wanna strengthen your family, here's what you need to start looking for and what you need to start practicing. Strong families have authentic faith. Strong families are families that have faith. Strong families are families that believe in God and that are close to God. Now, let me, let me kind of, let me kind of talk to you about this. Do you know how many parents want parenting help? Do you know how many marriages want marital help? Do you know how many uh, people want financial help, emotional help, counseling, therapy, possibly even medicinal treatment? Do you know how many people want assistance? Well, my question is, how's your relationship with God first? If you were to say, Pastor Tommy, can I schedule some time with you? I need to talk to you about my marriage. I would listen and I would take everything in. But my first question back to you, sir, or my first question back to you, ma'am, is how are you doing with God? Because before we can even think about talking about our marriages, how are you? Matter of fact, we're going to get real. Everybody hold your finger up and say, that preacher's talking to me. Yeah, how are you with God? Because here's how what we want to think. Well, I, uh, you mean her, right? You want to know how she's doing, right? Or the wife would say, Pastor Tommy, slow down. T.O., you're talking about him, right? Because I'm the one that scheduled this appointment because I want you to talk to him. I want you to talk to him. He needs to hear it. <laughs> I preached this. I preached what I think is the home run of all home runs this morning in the first service. I mean, I held the bat and just dropped it. It was so good. And I had a couple out here in the hall say, it was so good, he needed to hear it. And I thought, I better get my bat back up and take another whack at it because they totally missed it. It's not about him or her. Parents, it's not about them. Ayo, it's not about them. It's about you and God. Before you're ever gonna fix your marriage, God wants to fix you. And before we ever fix our kids, God wants to fix you. And before God ever fixes your parents, he wants to fix you. Are you listening to me this morning? Authentic faith. And I, got, I, got, I, wanna, I wanna talk about this for a moment, okay? This, is, this service needs this kind of preaching. God's not just available on Sundays. That's right. 
There's some 80-year-olds in this church that are living for God because they learned this when they were 20 and 30. The reason they're still working and living and serving God is because they didn't live for God just on Sundays. This church has worked hard and we still try our best as a staff to do a very appropriate, very current, very relative church service to get you here for you to enjoy it. But guess what? When this thing's over and every door's locked on Sundays and you go home, that's where your faith really should be lived. All this is, this is like pep rally time. All this is, this is we can do it time. All this is, is God's for you time because on Monday, brother Brandon's not gonna be there. Don't ever call me that, by the way. <laughs> Have I ever told you that funny story? Uh, I, this is, I'll stay focused, Tommy. Stay focused, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. One time I was doing this public community. I was doing this. Uh, I'm focused. I'll get back. I was doing this, this, this community deal for, for our town, and I was kind of emceeing it and stuff, and one of the church families here at Calvary came in, and it's like they've never seen me anywhere else but church, right? And I'm up emceeing this deal, and the husband and the wife walked in, and the husband was so, so, so kind, and he was so innocent, and he said, bro, Brandon, and she went, <laughs> she said, don't talk like that. It's church talk. Don't do that in public, and I was like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and it embarrassed the whole people. Here's the thing, Monday's coming and you're gonna be on your own. You need more than Sunday. You need more than Wednesday. Some of you, all you have is a Sunday. You need to put Wednesday in your life. Some of you only have Sunday and Wednesday. You need to put a small group in your life. Some of you have Sunday, Wednesday, and small group. Well, now you need to start leading your small group now. You need to continually be adding to your faith. Can I get an amen? amen? This is what the Bible says about it, about authentic faith. Check this out. Proverbs 14, verse 26 in the Living Bible says, reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. If you're in this room, sir, if you're in this room, ma'am, and you're wanting to strengthen your family, you need to develop a reverence for God. Yes. A relationship with God that's not church. That's relationship. And if you could dig down deep and get to know God. Everyone say, know God. If you can dig down deep and get to know God. Everyone say, know God. That's the point. You gotta get to know God. When you get to know God, he's gonna get to know you even better. Because he knew you before you ever knew him. But when you start to know him, he gets to know you better. And before you realize it, now we're working out strengthening our families because you're getting to know God. He says a deep reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. And it goes further. For every daddy in the room, every grandfather in the room, when you get to know God, guess what, that, what, guess what it brings about? His children have a place of refuge and security. Let me put it this way. You take a 13-year-old that's sitting right here, just any 13-year-old boy or girl, if you get to know God in a, in a depth that's, that you've never known him before, you're gonna be giving them something that money can't buy. You're gonna give them a security 
a refuge because when everything goes, to, goes crazy in their, in their middle school, when they see things in middle school they've never should have seen, when they hear things in middle school they've never should have heard, they know they have a refuge at home because daddy knows God. You want to strengthen your family? Starts with you. Do you know God? Are you growing with God? Somebody in here needs to just go ahead and bring it back, put it on a t-shirt again, put it on a license plate, put it on a sign and nail it up in your living room. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua 24 and 15. Number two but it all starts with you knowing God. Number two, strong families have intentional schedules. Oh, now Pastor Tommy, I was enjoying this until you, now that's kind of real life application. I'm okay with you dealing with the spiritual, but what do you mean intentional schedules? Schedule your family Sometimes to be made stronger. You, you, you program your DVR. You set time aside, make sure you get to go through Starbucks. Well, he was preaching good until that. All I know is that brother, he better get back into true doctrine. Quit meddling. You schedule the soccer game. You schedule. Well, why don't you schedule time that will strengthen your family? And and I'm fixing to put my pastor hat on for a little while, okay? This is the kind of stuff that earns our keep in ministry. This is the kind of stuff that gets us down the road a little bit. You need to schedule your Sundays open. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here, right? Aren't you glad you were here for this one? Aren't you glad you're not listening to the app? Oh. You're here with this one, so you're good, right? What about last week? What about next week? You need to schedule Sundays as the day that the Lord has made, as we call it the Sabbath. It's not the end of the week. We're starting our week off by putting him first, and you're gonna schedule yourself here here. I'm scheduled here. I'll miss a Sunday or two, and I'm the pastor of the church. You're going to miss a Sunday or two, but if you don't have it intentionally scheduled, you'll wake up three months and think, oh my God, we we haven't been to church. And you want me to tell you what comes next? It's unbelievable, man. Well, you know, I've never really felt connected there anyway. I mean, let's just, let's go to Denny's. Moon's over my hammy. Listen, I got to admit, that was funny. So that came out of nowhere. That's a gift. I've discovered my purpose, and I'm operating in it. I just dropped that like it's... Man. And I totally missed my chance to make my point. (laughs) Schedule yourself at church, man. 
Schedule yourself for a small group. Schedule yourself to do life with the body of Christ. You're already scheduling so many other things. Cut some things off and schedule things that are going to strengthen your family. Strong families don't just happen. Guys, listen. We look at a millionaire and we say, oh, I want to be like him. No, you don't because you're not working like him. We look at strong families and we say, oh, I want what they have. No, you don't because you haven't intentionally scheduled yourself into nighttime prayer with your kids. Good kids don't just happen. My kids aren't perfect, but I can guarantee you I'm swinging for the fences with them. You have to schedule time with them. I'm lucky. I know every man in the room, you don't have this privilege. I know that. My job allows me this privilege. I get to drive my children to school every day. Sometimes we're screaming. Sometimes somebody's cussing. It's not me. <laughs> Sometimes we're wanting to choke each other. But I don't care how it's going. Every time we're going to pray. Most of the prayers are, Lord, forgive us for our attitude this morning. But we're praying. Why? Because I have got to be intentional about this thing. When we fuss, we make up. When we lose it, we make it right. When we're upset, we get happy. Intentional. Because we can't just, whatever happens, happens. No, we'll get out of the car. We'll slam doors. We'll go off. And, and then we go to bed upset. And then we got a week upset. And then we've got dysfunction. Not perfect, but we're not laying down in our imperfection. Pastor Tommy ain't perfect. My kids ain't perfect. But I can guarantee you this much, when I look around this church and I see some strong families that I want to be like, it's because I look at you and I study you and I listen to you and I seek counsel from you. I see how intentional you are in scheduling your time with them. I just spent a day with my friend Ken Bradley, one of the great families of this church. And he told me, well, we're in this season. You know, I've got Lauren. She's off at college. I'm glad you're home. I've got Mallory. She's playing volleyball two or three nights a week. I said, man, how do you do it? He says, we just figure it out. We're going to be at those games. I don't want her playing those games without having me at those games. You got to schedule that. Cornell University, y'all don't need Bible for this. Cornell University recently released a study that the average dad spends less than seven minutes a day with his kids. And then when they're 12, 14, I just don't know him, Pastor Tommy, because you just wasted 14 years of only seven minutes a day. You want to hear one scarier than that? The average dad spends less than 30 seconds a day with his preschooler. Ladies and gentlemen, the survey said that they want to hear, that you want to hear, how do I make my family strong? Well, don't go to the doctor and ask to get better if you're not going to fill the prescription that he gives you. Here's the prescription. Schedule your life around what matters most, faith and family. Yes. Amen. Amen. Psalms 39 in, uh, in the NLT says, we're just like moving shadows and all of our busy, our busy rushing ends in nothing. Ecclesiastes 4 and 6 says, it's better to have just a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time. 
Only people were going to heaven. <laughs> I said that in the first service when church was over. A little girl came to me. She's probably like 14, 15. and said, that's really depressing. And I said, why is that, sweetie? She said, because my daddy tells me the only time I can ever have a dog is when we get to heaven. <laughs> and I said, um, uh, there's dogs in heaven. Aren't you glad you don't do what I do? Number three, strong families discover purpose. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 in the NIV. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Check this out. I've got it highlighted on my iPad. My only aim, my only aim, my singular aim, my locked in vision, my only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord has given me. Now, I'm fixing to share some content with you that's brand new to me. I am literally just learning this. And John, I'm in the process of trying to figure it out how to do this for my kids. For all the parents in the room, let me help you with something. This is mind-blowing to me. My job as a dad is to not put pressure on my kids to be good at everything. My job is to find the one thing that they're good at and open the doors for them to go further in it. It's brand new stuff for me. I've not done this before, and I'm, I'm fixing to hit this hard. Because let me tell you something. God created every single one of us with a special, unique purpose and gift. You were made on purpose, with a purpose, for purpose. My job is daddy. My job is daddy is to help see what that is, help bring that out in her and then me go ahead of her and open up doors for her to flourish in that. If it's, if it's softball, then I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm helping coach the team. If it's science, then my God, I need to figure something out. I can't spell science, so I'm, I need to figure that out. You tracking with me? Because guess what? My kid is no different than your kid. Your kid's no different than you were. We were all created with a purpose. And our culture says, don't worry about that. You just do whatever you want to do and everything will work out. No, no, no. You'll spend the next 30 years clocking in, clocking out at a job that you hate. Rather, if daddies and mamas would step up partnering with teachers and partnering with coaches and partnering with grandparents and partnering with mentors, partnering with big brothers and sisters, figure out what that is, help them in that direction, they'll never work a day in their life. They'll be the happiest people on the street and they'll be magnets to other people because their paychecks is not just a paycheck. They're getting paid to do what they love to do, so therefore they're not working. Somebody needs to just take a lap like, lap. Somebody say amen. I thought she was taking one. I was about to get panicky. Woo, I was about to say, Joe, sit down, girl. Sit your tail down. Um, watch this. Watch this. My only aim, my only aim in this life is to complete the task that God's given me. Stewards over our children. A 
Let's talk about our marriages for a moment because there's a lot of you that don't have kids. There's a lot of you that are unmarried. There's a lot of you that are just in business. So I just wanna talk about marriages and then I'll talk about jobs to kind of try to cover the whole basis today. Marriages, your marriage has a purpose. Okay, now I'm, I'm gonna walk a thin line here. Your marriage has a purpose and the purpose wasn't just for you to get married. If your purpose was just to get married, now all you're doing is splitting bills together. All you're doing is, is trying to figure out who's, got, uh, who's driving that car this day and are you gonna be off that week? You're, you're just, you're like, the Bible says you're like a shadow and all of your busyness is nothing. Your marriage has a purpose. God created you and him and her. He created the two and he's now put you together on purpose for purpose. And when husband and wife can come together and figure that out, trust me, you'll take off. Your purpose could be raising your babies together. Your purpose could be building a business together. Your purpose could be leading a small group together. Your purpose could be enjoying, uh, enjoying worship together and leading in worship, you name it. But the truth is you're better when you're together. Someone say amen today. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Let's talk about our jobs for a moment. Okay, I'm gonna read it again and you think about it through the filter of your place of employment. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. How many of you wish you would have practiced that at your work? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth at work, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Employers speak well. Employees speak well. Coworkers speak well. You want to strengthen your place of employment? Speak life. Speak blessings. Back to parents, speak blessings over your kids. Don't be the dad. You don't know my boy. My boy, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. <laughs> no, speak well. You don't know my boy. My boy's got so much potential. We're helping him find that purpose in life. My boy, my girl, man, she's so beautiful. But more than that, she's so intelligent. She's gifted and we're helping her. We're helping her find her purpose in life. Speak blessings. How do we know this? Because it's what Jesus did in Mark chapter 10, verse 16. He took the children into his arms. He put his hands on them and he blessed them. He blessed them. He blessed them. Every mom in the room, every dad, whether your baby's 16 or 20, pull them up and bless them. Bless them. Bless you in Jesus' name. You've got this. With you and God, there's nothing impossible. Your mom and I are behind you with this. If you ever need us, we're still here for you. Speak life. Why are you preaching all this stuff? Because I want you stronger than you've ever been before. Let me move quick. Last, uh, next point, rather. 
Strong families forge right relationships. Bishop Ron said it for years. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you don't know what your kid's gonna be, I can tell you how to find out real quick. Look who they're running with. And some of you just went, (laughs) that ain't good, Susie. I know Richard is terrible. You need to know who your kids are running with. And I I, I, I got to set you free. I wanna set you free. They don't have to run with everybody. And to all the men in the room, you don't have to eat lunch every week with just everybody. Because who you're doing your lunch breaks with, it will come back on you. So be eating lunch at work with men that are happily married men, that want a good family, that enjoy stewardship, that understand how to manage and budget. All the men in the room, look at me, man. This is just man to man right now. This is just us. Don't be spending your time with the dude that's been divorced nine times. It's gonna come back on you. It's gonna rub, stupid rubs off. It rubs off. It'll get on you. You can't wash it off sometimes. You can't baptize it out sometimes. Matters who you're running with, fellas. To all the ladies in the room, I'm gonna mess with you right now. It matters who you're private messaging. It matters who you're texting. It matters who you're opening up all your mess with. You ain't gonna ever believe what he did. The only reason you're telling that lady that is because that lady's gonna agree with you. You need to be texting some lady that says, you need to watch how you're talking about your husband. God gave you a good man. And matter of fact, you ought to just send him this message right now. <laughs> I just wish you'd preach about the apocalypse and then four horsemen out of Revelation. I just want to know when Jesus is coming where I can stop texting and make sure I'm ready to go to glory. <laughs> no, what you need to do is start running with better people to make your family stronger because it matters. Here we are as moms and dads, birds of a feather flock together. Meanwhile, you're doing lunch with people that are not good for you. You're texting with people that don't want your best interest. You're spending vacation time with people that takes you to places and does things that you never would do if anybody else in this room knew about it. Matters who you're running with. This is how the Bible puts it. This is how the Bible puts it. <clears throat> Proverbs 27, 19, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he's really like is shown in the kind of friends he chooses. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. Matter of fact, since I'm already in trouble, I'm just gonna dig it on deeper. And I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna run to my truck. Second Corinthians says, I need A.O. to listen to me. A.O., I'm about done. Okay, I know y'all are like, y'all are done, but I'm about done. A.O., listen to me real quick. All of our students, this isn't your corny mom and dad 
This is your cool pastor. That was so bad. I know. 2 Corinthians 6 says it this way. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Why? What does righteousness and wickedness have to do with anything? They're not in common. What is fellowship, what fellowship rather can light have with darkness? See, for all of us that are married with kids, when we were single, we did not like it when mom and dad would say, don't fellowship with unbelievers. Well, mom, you don't know. She is smoking hot. Is she saved? No. But I'm working on that. I feel called to be a missionary. And she is like, a, I have a burden for her. And I was thinking about, you know, having some private prayer time. Let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all why our moms and dads told us, and let me tell you why Pastor Tommy's telling you this. You, you listen to me, Ayo, listen to me. When God created you, he created you with a purpose in mind. He had already had it orchestrated. And what culture wants to do is take the wonderful blessings of God, even if you never fall into sin, what culture wants you to do, though, is get off track on what God had intended doesn't mean that you've wasted your life. But if you remember the second sermon in this series, life is going to be tougher. Life is going to be tougher when you're out of the will of God. And the will of God for believers is to strengthen two and two cords are stronger than one. You're strengthening yourself whenever you come together with a believer. I did a wedding yesterday morning. Listen to me, AO. I did a wedding yesterday morning at 11 o'clock for one of our worship singers here at the church, Bailey Johnson. And it was such a privilege to be able to stand there and tell Joseph and Bailey, you've done it the right way because Joseph, you're a man of faith. Bailey, you're a woman of faith. And as excellent as you are, you're now gonna be stronger together. Could you marry an unbeliever? Absolutely, you can. But trust me, the rest of your life, you're not only gonna have tug of war with mortgage, tug of war with career, tug of war with culture, you're going to have a tug of war in your own home. And your own home should be a place of peace, of unity, of vision, of prosperity, of health, of, of, of power, of anointing. So for all of, let me, matter of fact, let me stop with AO. For all single of us, all single men and women, dude, check it out. Do what you want to do, but I can tell you that life is better when you're hooked up with someone that's going in the same direction. It's easier. It's better. And I just believe it'll work out better for you in the long run. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. <laughs> Last but not least, and then I'll close, Jeff, if you'll come help me close. This is the longest I've preached in a long time, and don't say, no, it's not. It is. It's the longest I've preached in a long time. How do I know? Because Dustin's sweating. 
10 minutes ago, he was fidgety. And now he's just an all out. He's going completely against the schedule. The coming of the Lord must be new. The schedule, the schedule. Catherine, it's the schedule. Oh my God, the schedule. Here we go. Here's the last one. Check this out, everybody. Here's the most critical of the day. I told you in the beginning I was just gonna give you some bullet points, but then I was gonna really hope and believe and pray for like this change. And this is it. I've had so much fun with you in this series. I've had a blast today. But for the next couple minutes, man, this is as real as it's gonna get in this pulpit. If you're going to have a strong family, you're going to have to know how to give grace. If you look around at strong families, they know how to forgive each other. They don't hold grudges. They don't sulk and pout. They don't hold it over each other's heads. They forgive. And I'm going to deal with something here before I pray over you. And I just pray in the name of Jesus that in our fun and in our humor and in our joyfulness, I just pray that a Holy Spirit conviction will come upon you today before I pray over you. I pray in the next few minutes that something will be said in the Holy Ghost that for the man or the woman that's in marriage covenant that you've been making plans to bail on that marriage, I pray conviction to come upon you and you give grace a chance. I pray for every student that's in AO that you've been holding resentment towards your parents. Unforgiveness for their divorce. Unforgiveness for their words out of anger. There's some students here that feel like some of you are hypocrites and they struggle with the fact that you're here in this church service, but yet they know the real you. And I just pray before they check out on you and they give up on this whole thing called Jesus, that they'll listen to Pastor Tommy for a few minutes and that you'll give this one last thing a chance. Because what you really want is a strong family. You won't. There's 12-year-olds in this room. I see tears in your eyes because you know I'm telling them. You want a strong family. Now I want you to give grace a chance. Let me read you some scripture before I pray over you. I'm skipping a portion of our notes, so don't get nervous. I'm purposely skipping them, and I'm going to these last three action steps. You'll see them in your notes. Number one. Well, let me back up and read Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, be kind and compassionate to one another. Everyone say, forgiving each other. How? Just as Christ forgave you. Now let's get to these action steps before we go home. Number one, here's how you can show grace to your wife. Here's how you can show grace to your pastor. 
Here's how I can show grace to you. Here's how you students can show grace to your mom, your dad, or your step-parents. Here's how you can do it. Number one, acknowledge your own mistakes. Grace is easy when you acknowledge the fact that you don't have it all perfect either. And there's not a person breathing in this room that doesn't have to own it and admit it that we've made our own mistakes. Romans says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Matthew 7 It makes it even more plain. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I know some of you have been talking to your attorney You've probably looking on the internet at examples for divorce decrees. I'm gonna ask you to give that some time before you jump off into it. It's not always greener on the other side. It's greener where you're watering the most. You wanna bloom where you're planted. If you'll invest as much time into that situation at home as you are on the internet looking for a way out you may not want to leave and some of you are what I'm talking about right now in the Holy Spirit some of you don't you haven't mentioned it to anybody it's in the complete privacy of your own mind and heart but the spirit of the Lord is saying to you slow down and just try this one more thing acknowledge your own mistakes And don't hold everybody else to an expectation higher than yourself. Number two action step. Abandon your right to get even. You slap me, I knock you out. You cut me, I'll amputate your leg. That's how we work. That's how we think. You push, I punch. You threaten, I'll do it. Always trying to go one up, trying to get the upper hand. We do it with our bosses. We do it with our employees. We do it with our friends, our neighbors. We do it with our children. We do it with our parents. We do it with our siblings. It's constantly trying to, trying to revenge, trying to get back, get back at them. Why don't you abandon that? Why don't you acknowledge your own mistakes and why don't you walk away just for once from your right to get even? Romans 12 says, do not take revenge. You know what else it says? That the revenge is up to the Lord. Let God deal with that. You deal with you and show grace. And last but not least, before I pray over you, apply. Everyone say apply. Apply. God's grace in the relationship. 1 John 4, whoever does not love does not know God. 
because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might, lay, might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Stand this morning. Closing this service out in a very unique way. I want to close this service out in a unique way. It's a little bit more intense, Denora. I don't know if you want to stand by. A little bit more intense than the first service. I just feel, feel, feel led to do this. I want to do this for you, okay? I know everybody's anxious to go home, but I, I'm anxious to see change. I'm anxious to see healing, okay? Here's what I want to do. Not for everybody, but if there's, some, if there's families here, if there's marriages here, if there's parents here, if there's students here, and you just would love to feel that loved one's hand, I want, you to, I want you to step out and I want you to find each other real quick. And I want you to, why don't we all come down real quick. I want to pray over you, dismissal prayer. But if there's grandparents, if you just want to be with your kids for a moment and their kids, if there's dads that want to be with their son or daughter, just want to do this. I, I'm being selfish, I guess. Just want to, Pray a blessing over you. Life's too shoot. It's too short, Charles. It's just here and gone. Let's not hold grudges. Let's not. Where'd Bishop go? Bishop, run. Uh, remind me of the Lyleism. Whenever you meet with couples, you oftentimes say it in marriage uh, uh, weddings concerning keeping short lists. What is the whole statement? Keep short lists and a big eraser. Yeah. Keep short lists and a big eraser, meaning don't hold things against people. That's good. Keep coming. If there's anybody else that wants to come, it's okay if you don't come. Don't get me wrong. I, I just sometimes you just got to feel each other's arm and touch. And, there's some forgiveness that needs to be offered today. There needs to be some grace given today. There needs to be some vision cast for your family today. Some of you guys are gonna go home and eat that good roast that's been cooking. You're praying it's not burned. When you sit down, daddy, listen to me. Don't worry about the ball game. Look across that dinner table today. Look across that table today and say, I'm not going to go to my chair and ignore everybody else in this house. I want you to know, son, I'm proud of you. Tell your wife, I know we've not really talked about a five-year plan in this marriage. I know our marriage, we're just kind of waking up and doing the grind of, of schedules and just going and grinding life out. But I want to, we're going to go to work at putting a plan together for our marriage and our home. Is this making sense? Why this sermon? Because obviously everybody wanted to hear it. Because people ask, how do you make your family stronger? I close with this prayer and I pray that you go now and do something with it. Because at the end of the day, it's up to you. All I can do is point you.
to Jesus. Bow your heads. Lord Jesus, there are brokenness. There is brokenness throughout this entire room. There's frustrated marriages. There's frustrated teenagers. There's broken trust. There's anger. There's a depth of pain in, in, the, in this room, God, like that we probably didn't even, weren't aware of. But I'm praying that a purging, a purging of that throughout every spirit that's here today. We let go of all the things we've been holding and we receive the forgiveness of God we receive the healing of God and we receive the grace of Jesus. And we speak words of life over our family. We speak words of healing over our family. We speak words of vision over our marriages and over our kids. God, I'm proud of my son. I'm proud of my daughter. I'm proud of my wife. I'm proud of my husband. I'm not perfect. They're not perfect, but you are and I know, God, that you can do a miracle in our family if we'll make room for you. So all over this room, we're gonna sing this worship song. And however you wanna conduct your business, if you just wanna pray or if you wanna hug a family member, if you just wanna pray with somebody, before we're dismissed today, let's just reach for the Lord.